Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the Wes and Walker show. He's off to the side. He's draw. He's like floating to the media. <laughs> Did you guys know about this point guard? Did you guys know that we don't need to invest in wide receivers? He's off to the side, not at the podium, because he wants to let you know what he found out so badly. It's Wes. Yeah, and I mean, just in retrospect now, with the way that this team is looking, the offense is looking, it definitely has not aged well. And Walker. What's up, Fiddy? I was not prepared for the... (laughs) He's a point guard. (laughs) We don't have to spend money. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. But now you do. (laughs) Now you do. Lakers are doing that after a dub last night against the Hornets, but remember, it's more important to take home the moral victory if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan, and we're stacking up. We've got a winning streak, a moral winning streak going on with the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to be watching them on Friday night. You can join Walker and Fiddy for the Michelob Ultra Charlotte Hornets watch party at Graham Street Pub and Patio, Uptown Charlotte, this Friday, February 9th, taking place at 7 p.m. You can hang out with Michelob Ultra and Walker and Fiddy, and you can watch the Hornets face the Milwaukee Bucks. Walker and Fiddy will have giveaways, plus your chance to win tickets to a future Hornets home game. There's going to be plenty of options for you to have chances to uh, win some of those Hornets home games tickets in the future. Copeland, a.k.a. Jokeland, wrote in on the text line, 704-570-9610. Fiddy's cup check sounds like a Nick Wilson Tepper crossed with an Irish person trying to imitate a U.S. Deep South accent. Wes's cup check sounds like old Don Corleone. Do we think that both of those are accurate from Copeland Jokeland? Because I got to tell you, I think he hit it on the money with Fitty. Uh, I can see that. You feel like you sounded like Don Corleone instead? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've only seen Godfather once. I haven't watched, I don't watch it as much as I watch the other gangster movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could see that. Okay. What about your uh, evaluation there, Fiddy? Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> Wait, my my cup check was kind of like cup check in real life as a GM. It started out good and got worse the longer it went. Man, it was, I, I think you just floated in and out. I think you have to fully commit and you didn't 100% commit. I think you had some leaky confidence and that changed your impression from going to like, Irishman, like maybe some Boston was thrown in there. I think you were all over the place. But if you commit next time, I would be willing to try that again. I would love to see it. All right. Speaking of not Mitch Kupchak, but Josh Fiddy Marlowe, time now for the live wire. All right, Walker, you teased going into break that the Panthers brass has been on the station in the last day. Yesterday, GM Dan Morgan joined KB in the afternoons, and this morning, Dave Canales, he joined Mac and Bone, and um, we had a great 
conversation last week about analytics role in the modern NFL. And this morning, Dave Canales, well, he said that analytics are a great starting point when trying to build your offense. Analytics is a great starting point. Um, these are the This is the way that you can protect yourself from missing great opportunities um, to increase your percentages of scoring, but also to increase just another possession. So I think that that's a huge starting point. And then I know that there is a just an element of like, yes, those are the numbers, but how are we doing today? Um, how is this defense playing us today? And all those things factor in. Um, this is not a perfect science, um, but I, I believe that analytics can be really utilized to kind of identify some of the outliers um, that gives you kind of a starting point. And then from there, you got to look at who you are and who, who you are today. You know, those are really important things for me. I, I think the back half of that answer was what I was most interested in hearing was – are you going to be a guy that always goes with the numbers or will you judge the system, just the situation and say, man, I'm on the road against the best team in football. I need to go up three possessions. Walker. I don't know I was coming back to that. Well, I mean, that was just the most recent <laughs> example. And, but, and also like analytics does cause. So, you know, I go back to this Greg Olson quote said the biggest criticism used against analytics is that it doesn't take into account the team or the situation. But then when we go back to that game that you speak of, Michael Badgley has a career 48-plus long yard field goal attempts of 45%. Like, it's not very good. So why doesn't the take the points crowd include these pieces of information? Early in the game, San Francisco elected to attempt a field goal on fourth down, and Moody missed. And so it does take some of that stuff into the situation. But Dave Canales, to your point, Fiddy, he is right in that we can't just – go by the numbers only and i get that you get to decide what you want to do because you're the head coach and you have to take into effect what the numbers tell you to do how your player is how your players are feeling how they're playing because some of the models like the models actually do kind of take into effect what's going on in those moments on average Dan Campbell, when Dan Campbell goes for it on fourth down, he's actually not even using analytics, he's using his gut. I mean, he's he's the guy that is actually saying, I believe in my players, we're going to go for it. And I don't even know how much he's looking at some of the models. Like, you know, sometimes, yes, he still has that at his disposal. But I like Dave Canales telling you, it's a great starting point, and we'll use it when it's appropriate. It's all I need. We don't need to make it real complex. I want analytics to be part of the equation. And he's also not going to just go by the numbers because it's what a sheet of paper tells you. He's going to mix in his own opinions. It's exactly what I want from my head coach. Uh, I think to you know to your point, man, you got to feel the game. It's, it's hard to describe. It's something that's just there. And I think the analytics definitely supplement uh, your thoughts and how you feel it. But that's why I said, like, even when I was watching that game as a 49er fan, I had no problem with him going for it on fourth down because they had so much momentum. They were dominating the 49ers on defense. And I was like, hell, I would say go for it too if my offense was this hot against the team. You got to feel the game and then allow the analytics to kind of play a part in your thinking. It's like, okay, yeah, man, I'm feeling this. The offense is doing great. Analytics says I should do this. It feels right. Let's go with it. And you got to live with the consequences. And that's coaching. I mean, because there have been a lot of coaches, too, on the flip side that have lost with conventional thinking. There have been coaches that have lost where people were like, hey, you should have gone for it on that fourth down. Or you should have blitzed maybe uh, on that fourth down play or, or, or things of that nature. So 
I think it could go both ways, but it's always going to be more glaring when you go against conventional thinking. That's yeah. just always going to be how it is. But I think analytics helps. Everything has to evolve. And I think games have evolved now to where analytics can help you get victories and have an edge. So, you know, I like that. I think we've all embraced Dan Morgan being the GM of the Carolina Panthers. But one of the things, Wes, you, you really pushed back on was the Panthers promoting from within when it was a losing front office. He was best friends with Scott Fitterer. And Fitterer had a like a 30-something percent win percentage as the GM of the Panthers. Well, Dan joined KB in the afternoon to address just those, uh, just those concerns. Right, I get that. You know, obviously Scott's one of my good friends, and I really appreciate him for bringing me back here. Um, but I'm excited about the future and, um, you know, what what we think we can do here. Um, I learned under some really good, really good guys. Um, under John Schneider out in Seattle, uh, Brandon Bean up in Buffalo, Joe Shane was on staff there. You know, so I feel I feel like I'm well equipped to take over. Um, I have a lot of my new, you know, some of my new ideas and, and ways that I do things. So. I'm just looking forward to getting to work and and doing this thing the right way, and um, I'm just excited about get going. Really quickly, Wes, uh, Andy Reid just said it would be a long shot for Pro Bowl left guard Joe uh, was it Tooney? Thune? Oh yeah, yeah. To to play in Sunday Super Bowl, so there's maybe one little advantage for your Niners to take advantage of on Sunday. But you were the guy <laughs> that was leading the charge that was concerned about them promoting basically Scott Fitterer's best man or best friend and his right hand man to his same role did that comment lessen your concerns about dan morgan being able to evaluate and put together a roster better than his predecessor did i mean there's two ways of thinking about this thing yeah i'm not thrilled at the fact of his relationship with scott fitter but again you're talking to a guy i mean i was a tremendous dan morgan fan when he was at the university of miami and with the carolina panthers so i'm still seeing dan and that visor and that neck roll and out there just balling out of control and, you know, I do feel like he's paid his dues, and I'm going to give him a chance at this point because not only do I have to, but I feel like Dan, man, he, he's put the work in. And I think that with how he was as a player, and I think that when we talked about how middle linebackers are quarterbacks of the defense, the biggest thing I feel it could be his biggest attribute to carry over from his playing days to this job is diagnosis. He had to diagnose plays a lot, and he could diagnose, diagnose what players can play, who can and who can't. And so I'm hoping that he brings that type of IQ to the job to where he can make tremendous moves in free agency and in the draft. And it's not just getting the big ticket items like a T. Higgins and stuff like that. But can you find those glue guys, that linebacker that may not be a household name yet that you bring in on a light contract like what we've seen with Frankie Louvu? Or can you bring in that offensive lineman that nobody knows about or perhaps was a backup or something like that at another team and comes in here? And it's a very serviceable starter. So I think that that's the thing I'm looking forward to. So I'm going to give Dan a chance. For sure. I didn't hear anything in that soundbite that, you know, would ease your pain if you were worried about him being so closely related to Scott Fitter in the first place. He really moved off of it. But what he did do was focus on some of the other minds that he's learned under. He referenced John Schneider. He referenced Brandon Bean. He referenced Joe Shane all smart minds in front offices across the National Football League. And so while Dan Morgan doesn't tell you, hey, I actually had some differing opinions as much from Scott Fitterer, he did end that soundbite by saying, I can bring some new things and just the way that I do things up to this title that I have now as president of football operations. And so at the end, he told you that there might be some new things, but I don't know if that's going to appease all of the doubters. 
I just know that it goes back to something I've been talking about and what Wes just referenced. It's the fact that he has put the work in. This is not somebody that is here just because of Panthers nostalgia. In fact, he didn't even start here with the Carolina Panthers. He put in work with Seattle under a successful franchise. He put work in with Buffalo. By that time, had become a winning franchise. And now he's here in Carolina. And so I think him having put that work in, learning under those minds that he shared with KB yesterday, I think that's what allows us to give him a chance and see what he can do with well, this Well, not only that, too, the last thing I'll add is, too, I like that I think Dan's no nonsense, man. And I think that's the type of mentality that you got to have at the top. And I think he's going to bring in tough players and, and, and guys that are really going to help. Not only did Bill Belichick not get a job this head coaching cycle, neither did Mike Vrabel, a guy that everyone thought would, would most likely land somewhere after the success he enjoyed in Tennessee. But yesterday, Diana Rossini had this report this on the athletic football show about why he did not get a head coaching job. Whole thing. Do you know I had a GM at the Senior Bowl who mentioned to me Vrabel's physical build? that he's a very large human being and can be very intimidating to to people in an organization that are going to be part of these decisions. And that is a factor. So now we know why he's not in Carolina, because he towered over. I mean, look, he might have respected Dave Tepper's chest hair and who doesn't, but he towers over Daddy Tep and uh, Tep ain't hiring that man. The good news is that Diana Rossini said it was a GM. That told her that if it was an owner, then maybe David Tepper would be that guy. But at least it was a GM. And just as Wes was saying, ain't no way Dan Morgan is telling you (laughs) that Mike Vrabel is physically intimidating. I don't know who it would be. I have no clue who it would be. All I know is it's ridiculous to not hire a football guy because he's too football-y. No, thank you. You're too scary. You're too football-y. I don't want you to run football ops or be my football coach. Let me say that's one of the wildest things I've ever heard. I mean, thank God I'm not trying to get a coaching job. We're both about the same size. He's listed at 6'4", 261. I'm in that ballpark. I mean, you're not going to hire a guy because of size. What are you scared that he's going to get angry at what just happened in the game and body slam you through a table or something like that? Like, that is just... And same with me. Like, I'm a physically intimidating guy. You are. I'm 6'6", and I weigh like 230. And so that's like pretty much, I'd say, at least 90% muscle. Yeah. And so I guess I can't get a job in the NFL, too. You look like a hybrid tight end. You know what I'm saying? One of those tight ends that not quite enough in the backside to be able to block like that. So they bring you in to be a pass-catching kind of hybrid tight end. I have a surprising booty. Like like teams know when you come in the game, it's going to be a pass. Say that again. I have a surprising booty. It'll sneak there up you go. on you. There you go. Yeah, that, you're the guy that when they come and they say, oh, it's going to be a pass. Mm-hmm. It comes mail. It's going to be a pass. It's yo. true. But then I put you on the backside. Boom. Mm, like Kittle did uh, Aiden Hutchinson. That's right, because Kittle is not. Uh, Kittle is phys- yeah, physical. He's pretty physical. Smash Aiden Hutchinson. Like he will. Smash uh, whoever's lined up at mm-hmm. DM for the Chiefs. So the more I've thought about it, this was this was Jerry Jones, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, He's was, not like Michael. I was going to hire him, but... Uh, He'd throw me through the table after the end of the game, and uh, old Jared just can't recover the way he used to. <laughs> Did he mixes all of his impressions together when he tries one? <laughs> it turns into David Tepper. I believe Mitch Kupchak and Jerry Jones just fused into one person. With there that was impression. no Tepper in that one. No Tepper, but there was definitely Mitch Kupchak. They kind of sound like they're both older men. They're both old is what you want to say. I was going to say old and senile, but that felt harsh. Yeah, I don't think they're senile. I don't think so. Mitch Kupchak, 
you know, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily come across as him having it all together, but I think Mitch Kupchak has it all together. Did you see him on Saturday? They showed him before the Duke game. He was just really happy to be in a positive basketball environment. I know. Man, this is this is what it's supposed to be. It's like in L.A. In LA. <laughs> Winning left and right. Is that Jerry Jones or Mitch Kupchak? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I have no clue. That'll do it for the Live Wire with Josh Fitty Marlowe. We'll go to the other side of the break talking about Dave Canales and his relationship with Bryce Young. What if Canales can't fix Bryce? What happens after that? Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back in, folks. Two segments to go. This is the Wes and Walker <laughs> Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. What was that laugh about? You know you always like to oh, yep. see what I'm laughing I do about. ask you. Yeah, you can ask me. Gordon wrote in, Walker is built like Chet Holmgren. He ain't putting anyone on their backside. <laughs> <laughs> Not Chet. I actually wish I was built like Chet Holmgren because I would be the second overall pick in, in Rookie of the Year contention. But no, I wish I was built like him. I got a little too much fat to be Chet Holmgren <laughs> and not as much height. Look how fat he is. Yeah, I know. That's me. <laughs> Compared to Chet, I mean, Chet could hula hoop through a Cheerio, man. And that ain't me. I'm not that skinny. Yeah, no, not at all. You know, the other day we were talking about, uh, in the pre-show, we were talking about voodoo and a voodoo priestess. And so I might have a little bit of that going on a text line. Spence says, Wes, you can make fun of Kittle hitting Aiden. He pancaked him, actually. Mm-hmm. But on Sunday, my Detroit Auto Factory curse on your 49ers shall break your freaking heart. Spence. It's, it's kind of freaky. I'm well, going to be on Spence's good side. Yeah. I mean, Spence, we don't care nothing about your Auto Factory curse. You can take that and shove it where the sun don't shine. Oh, that ain't the way. That ain't the go way to Niners. respond to this. We ain't, that ain't worried about that. The, the problem I'm going to go see the voodoo priestess. If there's somebody that is crazy <laughs> enough to cast a spell on you, then at that point, you just might be somebody crazy enough where that spell could work. Like, if you think about if somebody is really trying to cast a spell, they're already crazy because that's some weird stuff. And so now it's so crazy to the point, I actually might believe it. Listen, I'm going to do like uh, I told you guys, you know, I used to be a big fan of Gangland. It used to come on History Channel and I used to preview all the gangs. And so I told you how... The Zoes in Miami used to swear by the voodoo priestess. So, uh, you know, if he wants to play with me like that, then, you know, I might have to. All right. But, hey, uh, remember this. I will will put that on the prep page right now. We will come back to this on Monday and see. And if it does, if it it rings true and San Francisco loses, are you going to be a believer at that point? I'd have to. (laughs) But if it doesn't, that is going to be a part of my epic foul line 
on Monday because it is going to happen. We probably would just start the show with it on Monday so I can just get it all out and then we can continue on with the show. All right. So continuing on with our show right now. So for all the positivity we talked about earlier in the show, what if the positivity of Bryce Young and Dave Canales, what can that do for this roster? But there's also a flip side to this thing. We talked about the quarterbacks that Canales has worked with. It's well documented at this point. We know the relationships and how they feel about him. And so with Bryce Young, what if Dave Canales can't fix Bryce Young? And so before we get into this conversation, let's hear from Dave Canales on Bryce is not a fix-it scenario. My approach with Bryce, uh, this doesn't feel like a fix-it project at all. Um, for me, what I see is an accurate passer. I see a guy who's got courage in the pocket. I see a guy who pops back up and just keeps rocking. Um, he's just built and wired that way. And so for me, it's no different than any other quarterback. It's like, what are the fundamental things? What are the most basic fundamentals that he can sink his teeth into um, to just take the next step in improvement? You know, I want to make sure that he understands and I want to make sure that everybody understands the way that the quarterback position is supposed to be played is you do your one eleventh. You just do your job, you know, and, and the talent, the innate ability, the first first overall pick, all that ability will show up and we'll need those special plays three to five times a game. But we don't need it on every single snap. We just need him to be able to understand what we're trying to get done and just do his part in it. And I think that really is, is an approach that I've taken with a bunch of guys to alleviate that stress of having to carry something. All right, so when I hear that, what that speaks to me is game-recognized game. And why I say that is I think Canales is a football guy, man, and obviously because he's a head coach in the NFL. And I think he's seen a lot. He's seen he's worked with a lot of quarterbacks and offensive skill talent. And I think he's looking at Bryce and he said, man, all you guys want to give him a hard time because I do think that Bryce's criticisms, yes, he deserves some. I'm not saying he should be absolved. But I do think in the era that we live in in this world now, man, is – it's, it's even more microwave than ever because of social media. You're going to get on there. You're going to see people that are going to be giving a guy a hard time, whereas back in the day, you know, you just had newspapers and TV shows that came on once a week, and you got the paper each day. But, again, we went through several quarterbacks that had rough rookie seasons, and they didn't look good. And we'll get into tomorrow uh, Peyton Manning and his comments on Bryce Young. But we know what type of rookie he had. Trevor Lawrence, we can get into it, but you know about it. We talked about it all season long. And so I think the Canales is looking at this thing like, yo, I don't see a guy that needs fixing. I just see a guy that needs help. He doesn't need fixing. He needs help. And I think that's what he sees. I think all of the tools for what he wants in a quarterback is there. Obviously, he knows there are some size limitations, but he's worked with smaller quarterbacks. This is a guy that worked with Russell Wilson. This is a guy that worked with Baker Mayfield, guys that aren't towering uh you know, physical specimens in the pocket. So he's like, yo, man, I've worked with guys like this before. I know what to do with them. But if he can't fix Bryce, Mm -hmm. and we're looking at it posing a question, is it an indictment on Bryce or Canales? With Canales' track record at this point, I'm going to put more of the blame on Bryce just to say that if it doesn't work, I'm going to put more of the onus on Bryce than I am Canales because – Canales has a more proven track record. We've heard some of the uh, more, you know, geeky type of football stat guy numbers that you've dropped before with release times and different things like that. So I think Canales is a guy, and another reason I say that is I think Canales is a guy that's going to exhaust every option to make the offense 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just more accommodating for Bryce. And so I think that if Bryce, if he isn't able to help him, isn't able to take him to the next level, I think it's more on Bryce than it would be on Canales. Yeah, he talks like a guy that knows it's all about the quarterback. And that's exactly why he said during that press conference, we're going to tailor our offense around Bryce Young. Our passing game is going to be what Bryce Young does well. That matters. It's all you can ask for from your quarterback. Whatever you do well, that's what we're going to do out there on the football field when we're trying to throw this thing. And we mentioned how he gets the ball out of his hands a lot more, uh, a lot quicker. We saw that with Baker Mayfield. And that's a big deal because even when Baker Mayfield had a bad offensive line in Cleveland, they fixed that up with draft capital and free agent signings. But even when there was a bad offensive line in Cleveland, Baker made a bad offensive line worse because he held on to the football too long. Bryce was guilty of that at times last year. I don't expect that to be as big of a problem. One, because of natural progression, but also because Dave Canales has fixed this already. I do see Brandon writing in on the text line, game manager is what Dave Canales wants. And I disagree. I don't think that's what you get. Yeah, I don't if, look at Baker Mayfield as a game manager last year. If Not last year, right? And I, and I think Baker Mayfield actually was throwing it to the sticks. I mentioned that stat before, right? He threw it to the sticks last year on first down attempts, seventh in the league on average air yards to the sticks. He was third worst in the league in 2022. So if you have a first down to go get, Baker Mayfield is giving his guys a chance. He's actually throwing, and so is the play caller. So is the offensive mastermind. He's making sure those routes develop all the way to the first down marker. So you have a chance to extend this drive rather than throwing a screen on third and 10. Does that sound familiar having watched this football team last year? So Baker, one of the worst at doing that the previous season in this Panther system to then getting better <laughs> the next season with Tampa. Dave Canales being that offensive mind, that matters. It's not just some game manager. Let's get the football out into our playmakers hands and see what they can do. No, Baker was throwing. He was aggressive. Now, some bad aggression from Baker. He was throwing it into tight windows last year. Sometimes that's good, but like that's a little bit of a hairy stat to evaluate because, okay, the aggressiveness, he was one of the more aggressive QBs, which is great if you can fit that football into a tight window. I also don't want you throwing into tight windows because that means there are multiple defenders there, and that's really hard to do. But Baker still, despite doing that, was able to throw for over 4,000 yards. Yeah, man, there are a lot of stats that suggest that if you can have that same kind of turnaround that you experienced in Tampa, and now Dave just brings it with Bryce, then he's going to be a guy that can really work with this first overall quarterback, and that's exactly uh first overall pick at QB. That's exactly why you hire him in the first place. Yeah, when you look at Tampa last year, they were 10th, or this past season, they were 10th in the league in yards for attempt, and they improved over a full yard from the previous season. And so now when we look at also, you know, does Dave Canales, what, what if he can't fix him? But also thinking about Dan Morgan, too. And it's like, how much do we believe that he believes in Bryce Young? I think he does. I'm not saying that he took the job because obviously, you know, it's an NFL job, one of 32. We get it. But I think also, too, it's going to be intriguing to see the type of receivers that they target this offseason. Because if you ask me, and I know that we've been talking about T. Higgins and Mike Evans as a potential fit. But one thing about both of those guys, too, is they're route runners. And I think some people will probably look on the outside looking in and be like, well, Bryce needs this 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy that he can throw it up to because he's short and this, that, and the third. I don't think that at all. I think Bryce needs premier route runners. That's what he needs because this is a quarterback that plays the game off anticipation and timing, routes, knowing where guys are going to be, 
throwing it to a spot. We saw him do that last year as much as he could potentially. Yeah, he wasn't always on point, but he would throw guys open when he was showing you what he could do. And so I do think Morgan believes in him, and I can't wait to see how he's going to choose to put together this receiving core and what he does. Do you think uh, Dan Morgan is a big buyer in Bryce Young? Yeah, I think so, because this is one thing to note. Even if Dan Morgan tells you that he's going to bring his own philosophies to this title of president of football ops, I have to imagine he bought in with the number one overall pick last year. If the reports were that everybody was on the same page, except for maybe Frank Reich, then I think Dan Morgan was probably on the same page as Scott Fitterer. And so if that's the case, I don't think it's changed after one year where there's still a lot of unknown. Bryce haters will tell you that it's all on Bryce or a lot of it is, and that's fine. I still think there's a lot of unknown and it's worth exploring another year, getting in the right pieces to make sure it truly is on Bryce. And so I didn't really answer your first question, to be honest with you. If it's not fixed with Dave Canales, then is it an indictment on Bryce? Yeah. If you go through two systems, it doesn't mean that you have to completely give up on him as an NFL QB, but it doesn't look good that he's going to be worth the number one overall pick anymore. If it fails between two systems at that point, you can start to feel pretty good about the discourse revolving around whether you should move on from Bryce Young. Is he just really a backup QB in this league? You know, then it gets then it gets tough to have him as a bona fide number one franchise QB. And so, yeah, it's going to be an indictment on him. I do believe Dan Morgan believes in Bryce, though, and they're going to try to do the best thing they can to put you know weapons around him. You had one point I want to address too. I've always hated the notion of. A small quarterback needs to be able to throw to a tall wide receiver, right? We did this with Cam. If you'll remember, Cam Newton, when he missed, he missed high. Because there were so many people that would tell you Cam Newton didn't have a lot of touch on his throws. And so he would throw bullets. He had a rocket arm. And when he missed, they were line drives and they were high. So then, okay, we go get Kelvin Benjamin if you're Dave Gettleman. We go draft Evan Funches. Well, Kelvin Benjamin is hurt. The best throwing gear that we've ever seen from Cam Newton. Not in terms of total yards. We saw that at the beginning of Cam Newton's career, especially when he threw for over 4,000 as a rookie in 16 games. But then Kelvin, Ban- uh, Kelvin Benjamin is done. He gets hurt in that joint practice with Miami. And who are the receivers you're throwing to? It's Ted Ginn. It's Philly Brown. You have Devin Funch as a part of it. You have Greg Olson there too. But the wide receivers on the outside, Jericho Cotchery, like you had a mixture. And it felt like almost Cam Newton was throwing better balls to the guys that got better separation rather than just throwing it up for grabs. We don't have to do that with Bryce either. Totally agree with you. Don't go after a big wide receiver because Bryce Young is small and then it makes sense in your head. Okay, you can see the taller receiver over the tall offensive line, so you throw it up high and then you give your guys a shot to go get it. No, give him somebody that's open. That's what I want in my wide receiver. Yeah, and so... Um, I agree with you 100%, Walking, Yeah, we do still want those two guys, or one of the two, if we can get them. But uh, I think that this is just going to be a lot of fun. And, yeah, like we said, we do think there's a lot of belief in this building about Bryson. I think that it was great that Dave looked at it and said it's not a fix-it scenario. Now, do you think, though, that let's just say in this scenario, in this doomsday scenario that we're in right here, if they can't fix Bryce, do you think that Canales will have a longer leash and the Panthers are just going to go out yeah. and try to find a different franchise quarterback and leave him installed? I do. Me too. Well, because at this point, it happens with two different systems, right? 
and you, I, I don't want to say you know more than two, but even if Tom uh, Thomas Brown is your offensive coordinator, and then you know Frank, that you had that whole back and forth. And look, I, this is this is the tough that's part. Or goodness gracious, the part that's tough. <laughs> I promise, I do radio. Hit the Mitch Kupchak. Hit me with it. Well, everything that we, you know, every answer they got, we got to every every question. That's right. <laughs> my my impressions have infiltrated actually how I talk. The tough part about all of this is that it doesn't, even if Bryce Young isn't throwing well, or even if, you know, he doesn't have this monster season next year, but maybe he gets better. Maybe he gets better. Now you're in a tough situation because it's like, all right, we put some of the better pieces around him, but it's still not great. You have a new coach. We'll see how Dave Canales handles everything as a head coach because it's not a foregone conclusion that Dave Canales is just going to be amazing, right? Like, we don't know that for sure. We have a track record, but this is a new spot. Being a head coach is really tough. All that to say, yeah, you want to play the odds, and the odds at that point would tell you it's probably on Bryce at this point not figuring it out rather than it being on Dave Canales and Frank Reich, two head coaches who couldn't get it done with the number one overall pick. All right, one more segment to go, and we close this thing down. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Something very interesting was just told to me during the break, and I'm excited to see how it's all going to unfold. Because we still have a long time before we get to March Madness. But once Selection Sunday comes, I don't know. I, well, am I allowed to do this, Fitty? Like, I, I don't want to. I don't know if we can do this. Do I just need to stop dead in my tracks? All right. All right. I, I wasn't told not to talk about it, but all right, I wasn't so, given the green light to talk about okay, it. Okay, let's just speak about this in hypotheticals then. Yeah. Let's just speak about this in hypotheticals. Hypothetically speaking, and by no, no uh, truth whatsoever, like this is just all hypothetical, right? Uh, Fiddy could be hosting a Selection Sunday show, just in our brains. At least a part of the Four Corners podcast. You could catch it there on the Heel Tough blog if you don't hear it on WFNC. But if we were to do this Selection Sunday thing, then Fiddy would have control over it. And Fiddy said, you know, I might just do it by myself. I don't need anybody. That means running the board. That means playing your sounders. That means going to break. That means coming back from break. That means if you have any guests, having to bring them on. Honestly, the guests would kind of help you. But Fiddy's like, nope, not a soul. I could do it all by myself for two hours, potentially, hypothetically, two hours. I'm telling you right now, I got a lot of love for Fiddy. He knows his college basketball, and this is his dream event. I get it. Two hours, especially at that jacked up of a mood. 
you're going to be out of breath by hour one. I'm telling you that right now. Before it's over, you're going to be huffing and puffing for breath before you even get to the second hour because that's how solo radio works, especially if you ain't used to it. Like, and you don't have any breaks by yourself. Like, you, Make sure you got water. Make sure. It, I just remember, I've talked about this before. I got thrown into the fire like in 2016 and I had a three-hour show to do and I had zero, I had no clue how to pace myself. I had no clue. I mean, I am dying. It felt like I just ran a marathon the last hour of that show. I mean, you could hear it. It was hilarious to go back and check the tape. I was like, you know, Cam Newton just needs to make sure he hits Ted Ginn downfield and make sure that uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's throwing out routes to Philly Brown. Dude, I'm t- it was it sounded like that the last hour. I wish I had that tape. Wow, I really do. <laughs> but you, you're confident though. You're saying no, nobody at all, not a soul. Selection Sunday is your Sunday. Hey, look, man. I know you hate when I go to this, but a lion does not concern himself with the opinion of a sheep. Are you calling me a sheep? Is that what you just did? And if no one's going to believe in me, I'm going to believe in me. Bad. You can't do it solo. Bad. Can you imagine how many women Fitty would have if he walked around, women with the confidence he has in himself as a radio guy? Only one, because he's not a womanizer. Wow. This is true. But he would definitely have him a woman (laughs) if he displayed that kind of confidence around him. Who's saying that I don't already have a woman? You tell us. Uh, well, you don't have the confidence to <laughs> yeah. to uh, handle that situation correctly right now. Myron Goodman said, Fitty, make that happen. I want to hear you cook on some serious college hoops. Hey, man, you can cook. I just think you need a few sous chefs. That's all I think. I think that would help. <laughs> but that I would mean, help look, everybody involved. We did learn the hard way with, with the Panthers. Too many chefs in the kitchen, and it, it spoiled it spoiled the uh, the ingredients so, or the product. Bro, Fiddy's just like the movie Showgirls, man. Fiddy is cutthroat. He will do whatever is needed to get the airtime, yeah. and he ain't trying to share it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you came in there and tried to intrude on that in any way, he'd probably try to do something to where you couldn't talk like that anymore. He put something in your drink or something to where all of a sudden you lose your voice. <laughs> so then he could control the other two hours. Like, well, what's, what's going on? I yeah. can't speak. Oh, I Fiddy, I'm not going to be able to finish the show. He'd be like, you okay, Walk? And then when you walk off, he'd be smiling, rubbing his hands together. Hey, I, I'm just telling you, I don't. You, you said you're feeling sick. Drink more of that Gatorade I gave you. Yeah. You'll be fine. Anyway, back to Selection Sunday. That's exactly how it would go. Now, again, all of this is hypothetical. Just to cover our own behind, but Airbenz writes in and says, reading between the lines, if this hypothetical show were to be sponsored, what we're basically saying is Fiddy would want all the money and be out of breath, be damned. That too. That might be the case here. But you see, for me, it's not about the money. You know, it's that great lesson the Joker teaches in Batman when he literally burns the money up. It's not about the money. I actually believe... You're telling the truth on this. Tell them this town needs a better class of college basketball analysis. Yeah, it's just about the airtime and being able to rightfully get my opinion out. <laughs> because, you know, my, my opinion is usually sheltered and I have to, just, you know, be, we, I'm, uh, I'm we told go to, you to play every day yeah. in the campus corner. <laughs> Don't you pull this on us. You know, I, I'm told to play a character like, yeah, be the Carolina guy and just make oh. all those tractor jokes about state and mm-hmm. all those New Jersey jokes about Duke. They don't know my real opinion, and this would be a great avenue for my true opinions <laughs> of the local college basketball landscape. Well, there's some good games to on delivered. tonight to watch. So, there uh, there are. I, we will get to them. I just I wanted to bring home the fact that, Wes, I do think he's telling the truth. I do think he is. I could absolutely see Fitty with clown makeup 
with long green hair burning oh, yeah. the money that he would get from whatever sponsorship because he's right. It's not about the money. It's about the power. Oh, the, no question. Fiddy and the Joker, one and the same. The Joker was the last Halloween costume I ever went as in seventh. I was in seventh grade. Mm. Heath Ledger's and I did. I had the, I had the green hair. I had the makeup done. Had the suit just like him. So you were one of the the five people that showed up at the office, like we saw from Dwight, like we saw from yeah. Kevin, like we saw from Creed. You were one of those people that showed up like the Joker. Everybody else doing and, it. Also. You know, in historic Lancaster, South Carolina, and word got around and people started cutting off their lights because I was that damn scary. Man, I believe it. I believe everything. Oh, don't do the lip smacking thing. Don't. That's do what that. he does. You want to know how I got these scars on my face? <laughs> my father <laughs> was a you did that. That's pretty good. We can move on to North Carolina Clemson. Let's get those college basketball takes. Fitty, I know you're going to be watching it tonight. What are the chances Clemson has to uh, pull off the upset? I mean, look, I'll go 80-20. They're going to compete. Like, this team plays hard. They've already gone into one historic venue on Tobacco Road. And played good enough to win, so there will be motivation to go in and, and get that type of road win. I just don't see Carolina having the the hiccup and having that letdown game. We talked about it at length on the Four Corners podcast. You can find it on Apple and Spotify. There's just a trust and a belief with this group that that's not going to happen. And then believe it or not, Walt, there is some ranked Big 12 action going on tonight. There is some Big East action going on tonight. This is where you have three screens. And at 9 o'clock, Charlotte's in South Florida. Yeah, a two tonight. So, yeah, man, that's a I lot believe of you. good basketball. It's going to be a two TV tonight, too, because a two TV night tonight, too, because, like I said, the Deeks give me Carolina at home, give me Wake on the road. Canes are back tonight playing Vancouver. So, the Canes are back popping tonight. I'll be watching that, too, and then watching the Niners because they got a later game, right? They play, like, what? 9 p.m. That's right, yeah. So, I'll be watching them, too. It is late tonight. They'll be playing South Florida. And give me Charlotte to keep it going, baby. Yeah, of course. Of course. You got to take Charlotte to keep it going. I love what this team is doing. I love the fact that with everything that we've talked about this team, there's no one shining star on the squad. It's really spread out. It does not matter how they win. It might just be because Luke Patterson takes hold of it at the end of the game and then goes off for 16 points. It might just be because Deshaun Jackson is an absolute beast down low or that you have the European unicorn, such as Hunter Bailey calls Igor Milicic, balling the way that he does. Robert Braswell off the bench. I'm here for it. Go 49ers. Let's make it nine straight. Does part of your heart hurt? That Charlotte is experiencing this success without Ali Khalifa, who I have watched out at BYU. Yeah. I I am here for that man's game. Love Ali Khalifa. I tried to tell you. You guys laughed at me. I said he was Nikola Jokic light. Okay? That's yeah. all I said. And he's gone now. And it hurt a little bit when he left. It did. I love watching that guy play. But if he's got to go for us to get to the NCAA tournament, then he's got to go. And I love what you did here, Ali. It was fun. Sure, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. But you can go to BYU all you want to. That's <laughs> totally fine. But Charlotte, I've, they've, they've got a chance, a real chance to go dancing. And then here's a question. Who's got the better chance to go dancing? Is it my alma mater? Or is it Wes's alma mater? Oh, good one. <laughs> Are we both going to be looking to knock each other Ooh. out? And in that, if that's the case... I ain't going to lie, man. I'm, I'm going to go with y'all at this point. I mean, oh, I, really? I believe in my Deeks, but I mean... How the mighty history says fallen. History just says that, you know, I don't know. If it comes down to them performing great in the ACC tournament, yeah. 
don't know, man. I just got to see more. Starting tonight okay. on the road, Fiddy, we're going to show you how to go into Atlanta <laughs> and A-Town stomp the bees into the ground, okay? <laughs> A-Town stomp. Stomping right. like Armando did to Kyle Filipowski. Yeah, doggone right. All right, join Walker and Fiddy for the Michelob Ultra Charlotte Hornets watch party at Graham Street Pub and Patio, Uptown Charlotte, Friday, February 9th, 7 p.m. You can hang out with Michelob Ultra and Walker and Fiddy, and you can watch the Hornets face the Milwaukee Bucks. Walker and Fiddy will have giveaways, plus your chance to win tickets to a future Hornets home game. So we'll see you then on Friday. Until then, keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show, Alongside Smoke Ludwig, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.